Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, a show about artistry and industry in music. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career. Hey, and today I'm talking to Carnage the Executioner. Carnage is a hip-hop artist, he's a beat maker, a mouth beat maker, he's a beatboxer, and he is an educator, and he does all kinds of different events, and he's got really interesting philosophies on whether you should be concerned with streaming or whether you should be building audiences in person and selling physical merch and what he does with CDs and what he does with other kinds of exclusive merch at shows. He's got something coming up here on April 1st, 2023. So if you're catching this episode before April 1st, you can see him at the Hook and Ladder in Minneapolis for a live album recording. He's also got something coming up in August. So we talk about those things on the show, but most of the episode is how Carnage has built a sustainable career. And his record, Ravenous, that I've been listening to a bunch lately, kind of leading up to this interview, it's like, and I said this on the interview, it's like an internal dialogue of like every artist. It's like, it's really interesting. He talks about the music business. He talks about not blaming the people who came to the show for the people who didn't come to the show, right? <laughs> Putting on a great show no matter who comes to the show. There's like so many great nuggets in this interview. Carnage, a.k.a. Terrell, uh, so you'll hear you know, hear him call him Terrell and Carnage, I think, throughout the episode. In the description of the show, you'll find links to Carnage's music and to his upcoming shows if you're in the Minneapolis area. He's on tour all the time. He's actually down in Nebraska right now uh, during our conversation here recording uh, a new album with Antifo, uh, an anti-fascist rap group. That will be out at some point as well, but he's traveling a lot. He's touring a lot, doing a lot of different shows, doing presentations, doing TED Talks. Uh, Really a force. Really exciting to talk with him. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Carnage, the Executioner. Here we go. So how are you? Otherwise. I'm I'm, I'm good. Otherwise, I'm in a... I'm currently in uh, Nebraska, and I'm recording an album with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, it's an anti-fascist, anti-fascism rap group. Uh, it's oh, called cool. Antifo, and that's the oh, it's on the side. There you it's go. The it's one of our logos. But yeah, that's that's what I'm doing out here. I've been out here since Thursday. Cool. And, uh, yep, I'm driving back home tonight, and uh, gonna work on my other stuff. Is that like a group that was put together specifically for that for this record, or have you done stuff before? Um, it's a friend of mine from uh, from some years back. We've known each other. Um, he used to come to Minneapolis and do some shows every once in a while back in the days, and him and I uh, just remained friends. So when um, he got back, he took a little hiatus from from rapping for a little bit, and then when he got back into it, I'm one of the first people he called and. Then um, he said he wanted to form a group with me, and he, he basically turned me into a political rapper. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so cool. cool. I can't really really complain about it. But yeah, the group is called Antifo, and Antifo. we're working. On, yep, uh, and we're working on our second project right now. So, and you have a another record recording, like a live recording thing coming up. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was kind of, you know, I figured since people don't pay a lot of, of attention to a lot of stuff. I figured yeah. <laughs> a, a different a different way to approach promotion would be to say, you know, put it out there and say, you know, I'm doing 
I'm doing press right now for my live album. Yep. yep. Um, anybody hit me up and it was super cool that like four people got back to me. So oh, that's got, great. Yeah. So I got plenty of promo coming up. That's not posters online, you know, yeah, just like internet posts. Yeah. Social media yeah. stuff. Right. So yeah. Thank you for being, being one of one of the four. I really appreciate it. Totally, man. So what, uh, is this going to be your first record since <clears throat> Ravenous? Do you have anything else in the can? Well, uh, the Antifo, the first Antifo project came out in uh, 2021. Okay. Yeah, I so I, I did, that was after Ravenous. Um, and then we're working on our second project. Um, I also have been working on another project slowly but surely. And I, I mean, I get I get to it when I can, but I got so much shit going on. You know, I'm teaching a lot lately, so yep. I haven't gotten the chance to really work on that record as much but um i'm working on a record with a producer from minneapolis uh named big jess and our record is a uh, fear of a whack planet and uh fear i'm playing planet. yeah i'm playing off of the public enemy fear of a black planet um thing because nice. you know, public enemy is my favorite group of all time so there you go uh, yeah so I, I have like a a little political rap thing that i'm doing with him to uh kind of pay homage to to public enemy but like you know revisit or visit some concepts of uh, either not heard covered or I haven't covered for some quite some time. So I got all kind of kind of stuff going on, uh, you know. And there's more too. So uh, yeah, you know. it's always yeah. It's like whenever you're, it's like million irons in the fire. Hey, I'm I'm curious. Like listening to the Ravenous record, uh, it's it feels like you 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 occasionally talk about mouth beats. You occasionally talk about beatboxing. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's in some spots on the record, but it doesn't feel like it's a uh, like it's something that you put like out in the front. Is this new live record really focused? Because I see so much of this in your like social media posts of like using guitar pedals, affecting mouth beats, creating these different like beats a day and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that going to be a bigger part of the live record that's coming up? Well, that that's dope that you asked that because <clears throat> this live record is specifically a live project and the other records are studio records. Right. Like the Antifo record is designed to be a studio record, but I do some beatbox stuff on it. Like there's some beatbox production coming up on it that I think people are going to be super impressed with. Um, There's spots of it in, in Ravenous, but I use this live album format to put out uh, a representation that's more indicative of what I do live. You know, because my my bread, so much of my bread and butter is a live show. So, um, you know, um, it's really a cool thing to be able to perform the way I do and then say, hey, why don't I just do a live album? You know, um, because not not a lot of rappers actually do live albums. And if they do, then they're kind of either they kind of hire a band or, you know, if they if they can do that or they just rap over their tracks. And for me, for me, I'm building everything from the ground up. And I think people really people really like what I do live. So in order to capitalize on it, um, I perform live a lot. And then I, every once in a while, slide a live album in. So right. yeah, the, the first live album came out. This is actually um, the second version, or not the second version, but this is my second live album because the first one I put out um, in 2018 was kind of by accident. Um, that was a attack of the show stealer and it wasn't meant to be um an album per se exactly at first um i went 
to um, Colorado and I did a show for um, Idea. I mean, you know who Idea yep. is. Yep. And, um, you know, there was a there was a tour that was celebrating the release of his uh, The World Is No Idea DVD. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, so I helped kind of put a tour together for that. And I played a show at the at the Oriental Theater <clears throat> in in Denver. And the guy who came with me, who wanted to be my roadie, his name is Andy. Um, his thing was uh, History Repeats Productions. He was like, I'm going to record the audio for the for the video and I'm going to record or record the audio for the performance and the video. And let's just, you know, have that. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, he recorded everything. And then a couple weeks later, he came to me and he was like, yo, this footage and everything is so good. I think you should put out a live album for real. And I was like, okay, well, let's let's watch it. Let's let's sit just sit and watch it and see how good it is. Yep. And um, so I will credit my boy uh, Andy from, from History Repeats uh, Record or History Repeats Productions. He's the one who gave me the idea. I, I can't say I'm the I'm the first originator of that, and I love to give people credit for what they do. But um, that yeah, was his cool. idea. Yeah. So it was his idea, and we watched it, and we were just like, "Oh, yeah, this is this is cool." So. Um, we started with a few copies of the DVD. We put we put a few of those out, and people kind of liked the DVD thing. But mm. I think people were more into the album because yeah. you know people, people don't sit and watch you know stuff as much as they used to unless it's like Netflix or something. So right. so yeah, we we put the record out, and uh, the record did pretty good. I sold about four hundred copies of it hand to hand, and uh, mm. and uh, and when people come to my merch table after seeing me perform. A lot of times they go, well, we, we see you did a lot of songs off the Ravenous album. Um, are they like the rap? Are they like the way you perform them live on the Ravenous album? And I go, no. Right. And, but they still they still buy the record. But I think um, I like to be able to present to people something different every time they see me, rather than getting the same thing each time. So right. when they so when they get this live record, there's going to be some ravenous songs on there, but they're not going to be like the album. So it's like you're getting two different projects. Yeah. So did yeah. you print DVDs too and try to sell DVDs? Yeah, we sold some. We sold some. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few people out there who who still have a Attack of the Show Stealer, um, live performance album DVD. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That's nice. I, I, you know, I just wonder about, like, I think a lot about, like, whether artists should print CDs anymore and, like, DVDs is another one. Like, we have a bunch of DVDs, but, like, literally the only DVDs we have now are the ones I bought in, like, 2006, 2007, or, like, my kids' DVDs for our car rides, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. like, now we upgraded our car and it doesn't even have a DVD player, so it's like, we don't even have those. Uh, are you still, like, are you still being... Do you still find that you're selling CDs at shows? Is that still uh, like a lucrative path for you at in in the like at the merch table? Bro, I sell CDs. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I you know it, it's always funny when people say, "Oh, don't make CDs anymore. Nobody buys them." And I'm like, they buy mine. Yep. You know, like yep. I, I I've sold I've sold all the copies of any album I've ever put out. I, I'm nice. not I'm not sitting on any back order from older records if i have a few of anything older it's because i kind of hold on to it just just in case you know like yeah. i have like you know 
four copies of my 2011 Worth the Weight record, and I have like three copies of my Respect the Name 2012 record. Um, but other than that, I don't have I don't have back order because I've sold it all, and yeah. you know, and that's you know that's hundreds or thousands of CDs. It's not just like I, I don't make 100 CDs most of the time when I make CDs. I make a few hundred, and if I keep selling them, I just keep re-upping on them like ravenous i've re-upped on that album like four or five times yeah nice you know so so um i i, I don't know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bust on people who don't sell cds when i'm in my you know carnage is the shit mode i'd be like well they might not buy your shit because your shit's whack but they buy mine you know <laughs> there's, there's... well i was gonna ask like how, to what do you attribute that is it is it the energy of the live show and people just like they want a piece uh i i think so man i think I think what I'm doing is appealing to people because they don't necessarily see it all the time. And yeah. in the way I do, or they don't see it unless they see me. Mm -hmm. And the way I do it, I try to make people a part of the experience, which is why I think it's, it's a good idea to do another live record. And with, with this live record, it's like the, it's the five year anniversary of the first one I put out in 2018. Cool. So, nice. you know, if that was attack of the show stealer, this is the return of the show stealer. And, um, and I was, I, I don't even know what made me think of it. I was just kind of, um, I was going through some, some, uh, some art that a friend of mine who does all my art, his name is Pat Jensen. Shout out to the brother Pat Jensen from uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, but he does all my art. And, um, a while back I had told him, I was like, do you want to do an updated version of this design you did for, um, the original attack of the show stealer album? And, um, you know, after we get done, I can send you that. So if you wanted to post that at all, you can, or, you know, kind of have a, yeah, a totally. you can get it. But, um, he was like, yeah, how do you want it to kind of look? And I was like, well, let's make it look more like the way I look now because I've aged a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. my, my beard is different, you know, I've lost some weight, you know? So I was like, all right, let me send, let me send this picture to you. And, um, he sent me a prototype of the new version of it. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you know, we, we were looking at it and then I hadn't looked back at it for probably about a year and I was scrolling through my phone and I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, this is the, I'm approaching the five year anniversary of the original attack of the show stealer. Then I'm thinking anniversary, five year anniversary return of the show stealer. That's it. So I hit him up and was like, yo, finish the art because I'm going to do the return of the show stealer. And he was like, great idea. So awesome. Uh, yeah, so that that's kind of what happened. So this return of the show stealer show is me going to another theater in Minneapolis and recording a live album of the songs that I've been doing, you know, from the time I recorded the first one up to now. So there's going to be no repeats. No no songs on the first one are going to be on this one. Cool. That's another thing. So, you know, people aren't going to that that's another reason why, you know, you should buy this one because if you have the other one, they're not the same songs. Yeah. So, so can you talk a little bit about building a team around you? Because it seems like you've got some people in your corner, some good people that are looking out for you. I mean, it's like you've already talked about somebody who was like, hey, man, this live stuff is really cool. We should release it as a live record. You've you've talked about now you got an art guy in St. In St. Cloud. So, like, how did you find people like this to work with? Do you do you find yourself working with the same people over long periods of time? And sort of like, have you built a team around you to kind of help you accomplish your goals? It's a good question. Um. A lot of times people find me, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'll connect or meet somebody who's like, oh, um, I like what you do. I do this. 
And and if there's somebody who is reliable and they have a good track record, then I continue to work with them. I I I um I'm a creature of habit, you know, and and, and if things are going good and things aren't broken, why fix them? Yeah. You know, so yeah, this guy, um, Pat Jensen, who's been doing my art, I met him back in you see, me and him ran into each other in 2014-ish, maybe 2014-15. And uh, the, when I first met him, um, I really respected his art because he um, he had done a lot of stuff for um, Sage Francis. You know who Sage Francis is? Uh, I don't, no. Oh, okay. His uh, his label is uh, Strange Famous Records. And um, I was seeing Pat Jensen's art, and I was like, oh, man, this dude is dope on the cartoon drawing. You yeah. know, type of stuff. So he was he's really good with that cartoon uh comic book feel. Cool. So, so I was like, you know, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And he was like, <laughs> or or I'm wondering if I contacted him. Maybe I saw, you know what? Let me think about that. I think maybe I contacted him because I saw like three pieces he did for Sage. And I was like, yo, you know, we should do something. Then we yeah. met we met in person when I, I did a show in St. Cloud, and he was like, I've, I've known about you. I know about your music. I, I, I like what you do. And if I ever work with you, I have this idea of doing like a cyborg, you know, version of you, like, like make you look like the Terminator underneath your regular skin. So he had, yeah, he had that idea for a while, but that wasn't the first project he did with me. He actually made um, the Minnesota mean logo that I, I came out with in 2015. I asked him to make that. And then I dropped the Minnesota mean movement album in 2016 but what happened was i was i was uh what was i i was at a shop that um has paraphernalia celebrating uh the greatness of minnesota Uh and and i saw this this uh this shirt that had a logo on it there was a it was a minnesota logo but it said minnesota nice and it was shaped like Minnesota and it was spelled like Minnesota nice spelled into Minnesota nice. And I was like, Oh, but Minnesota isn't always nice. Yeah. And I was like, how about Minnesota mean? And I, and I, and I remembered that because there were some breakdancing uh, guys. I, I, I hosted a breakdancing show um, outside at the Cole center in, in Minneapolis. And um, after the show, this this guy came up to me, Matthew Birdall. Um, shout out to him. He came up to me and he gave me um, a Minnesota Mean uh, beaded necklace. Hmm. And he was like, I want to give this to you because you're the shit. And <laughs> I'm looking at it like, this is dope, Minnesota Mean. And um, I had already been looking at his stuff before the show. And, you know, he had a whole bunch of stuff up at his table. And I'm looking and I saw the Minnesota Mean thing. I was like, oh, that's dope. And then he came up and he gave me one. And um, I always remembered that. So every once in a while I would show up at a show and I was wearing this Minnesota mean chain and people would be like, yo, that's dope. And when I saw Minnesota nice in this shirt designed in there, I thought Minnesota mean because I remembered what the guy had given me on. on, So then I hit up Pat Jensen and I was like, yo, I got an idea for the first project. I want you to take a picture of me and put my face in the middle of Minnesota and then write Minnesota mean in the shape of Minnesota. And he was like, he was like, well, your face is going to take up most of the space. And I was like, I think you can do it. I've seen your work. And he was like, all right, right, cool. So he did, you know, he did a prototype. He came back three days later and it was dope. And I was like, that's it. You know? (laughs) So that was our first project. And ever since then I've been working with him. Nice. 
man so that's yeah that's cool. a, yeah that's my story about like him for example you know yeah um either he finds me or i find him and then we make a connection and then it goes well the first you know first time second third time and then we're like why don't we just keep working together and him and i come up with concepts like nothing yeah. you know yeah uh, and then you have consistency too with like the look of your stuff look, branding branding Yep, like he yeah. did this logo. He did the Antifo logo. Like, cool. I'm gonna show you the back of this shirt. Yeah, yeah. This shit's dope. Oh yeah, Wait, sick. You see it? Yep, I see it. Oh yeah. What does that say at the bottom? So it's even that weird. he took. Yeah. yeah, so he took pictures. I sent him pictures of 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 my partner and I, and I said, uh, you know, make make an album cover and a logo out of this. And uh, so now he's doing art for my side projects too, which I think cool. is super cool. You yeah. know, so, yeah. So mm, yeah, the branding thing and him, like, you know, yeah. he makes he makes my shit look good. And, um, you know, same thing with, with uh, various producers, uh, people who have made me beats, I tend to work with them at least once or twice on every project I do to kind of keep, you know, keep the, the greatness that we've created together going. And, yeah. um, and it's also another way of me just showing, showing respect to people who have, have made beats for me that people really like, because I'm not necessarily a studio beat creator. I don't use, you know, uh, NPCs and, and, and software like that to make beats. So, you know, a lot of times producers make beats for me that I can't necessarily conceive myself with my mouth. So I, I tend to keep working with those guys and keep giving them shine like they like they give me shine yeah yeah right so yeah you've been in the game a long time man you know like like on your ravenous record you sample something that talks about like the definition of success and it's like success like if you're able to pay your bills and live whole uh then that's success and like i think so many artists have kind of like fame as an end goal or like fame as like an ideal situation. Can you talk a little bit about like how you define success and how you've made it so long in your career as a, as a hip hop and beat, uh, beatboxer? I love that question. Um, that, that sample was actually from David Banner, um, mm. was David Banner sample. And, um, I just heard him talking in this interview and I was like, this is it. This is like, it, it, it kind of came from the notion that um, you're not successful unless you blow up. Like people yeah. would say to me all the time, like, you're so good. Why did you, why haven't you blown up yet? When are you going to blow up? Why haven't you blown up? Yeah. And I'm like, what, what is blowing up? Like to me, I feel like blowing up is getting big really quick and then fizzling out because right. you can't stay that big forever. Nobody stays that Right. Nobody make, makes it big, that big forever, unless you're Eminem, you know, like yeah. he's been, there's reasons behind that. We can talk about that some other time. But um, for, for me, it's, it's the ability to say you've done something that impacted other people that will last over a longer period of time. Like I'm in it for the long game. I'm, I'm, I'm sprinting. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not sprinting. I'm jogging. I'm, I'm, uh, whatever that light, the light jog, the light yeah. run. Is that a yeah. sprint? No, the, the you're jogging. You're jogging. Jogging. Yeah. yeah, the sprint is the fast joint. The sprint right? is the fast one, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not doing that. The sprint is the fast. I'm, I'm pacing jogging. myself. You're I'm pacing, I'm pacing myself, you know? And yeah. I can't believe I, I didn't remember what a sprint was. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes, um, 
I'm going for the long game and being able to do it the way I'm doing it is the long game. And the success comes with being able to use your art in order to make a living and make a difference with other people. To me, that's successful. You know, that's, that's me being successful. I, I pay my bills using my art and my music and anything associated with it. And that music I make is not done just for money, but it's done with the requirement that I get paid for my art. Right. And, and, and I think my, my art is quality enough that people are not, people are, are not going to squawk at it. So I'm not asking for anything for free. I'm working for what it is I'm asking for. And um, if you're able to do that and, and, and have a few hundred people tell you you changed their lives, then you're successful. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a great philosophy. And you're doing a lot of uh, work that isn't, like you do a lot of touring, you play a lot of shows, but it seems like you also do a lot of educational work where you're like working with young people who are beatboxing and like using your pedal setup and stuff. I've seen some some things that you've posted on that. But you also like, you know, the Ravitous record is almost like this internal dialogue of an artist. It's like, it's <laughs> you talk about like people asking to get on the guest list to shows all the time. And uh, you talk about like creating a package that people can buy like i'll do your birthday party i'll do your private event i'll do you know what i mean yeah. it's like you was listening like, you're yeah listening. man it's like I, I really like the idea and like the whole record really feels like uh like an in sort of sort of like an internal dialogue of what any artist might might go through in their mind and i don't i'm not sure if that was your intention but it was um, you know what, what i'm really getting at is like could you talk about that other part that you know like how much income are you deriving? Like what percentage of your total income pie comes from these other things that aren't shows at venues, private parties, you know, corporate events, educational stuff. Uh, has that become like a significant part of what you do? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even necessarily put a percentage on it. Yeah. It's, I would say I play a lot of shows, so I make decent money off of shows cause I play a lot. Um, but I teach a, a whole hell of a lot and I do a lot of, um, I, I guess you can call them private events. I do quite a few of those. And when I do those, they pay more money, you right. know? So, so there's, there's a, a nice chunk of, of, of money that comes from those. And now I'm starting to be booked for festivals more often. Uh, so that there's a, another chunk, um, of a significant chunk of income that comes from that. But, um, I, I, I feel like, in order to be successful, you have to diversify what it is you're offering to the people. Mm-hmm. The, pack, the packages have to be, you know, superior to the point where they're like, I don't know which one I'm going to necessarily get. So I'll take two or three, you know, and, and a lot of times I work with people and they're like, well, let's do this this time. And then later on, we can do this other thing. And that, that works well for me, too, because like you said, I start building a clientele. I start building a team of people yep. who I know are going to ask for a product that I'm presenting and I'm going to be able to, to, to deliver a quality product that, that they're going to be happy that they purchased. They're going to feel good about the money they put on something, you know, and that's what that book me song was about. It's like, yep. you know, confident confidence will look you in your eye. Honesty if you know, like I'm, I'm confident and I'll look you in your eye and tell you that what I'm offering to you that you're purchasing is worth what your, what my asking price is, is worth it. You know, and, and I don't get a lot of squawking anymore about, you know, for what I ask, you know, when, when I ask for an amount for something, 
Yep. Um, people people aren't necessarily being like, nah, that's too much. They're like, right. I, I see, I see what you're, I see why you're asking for what you're asking for. So that that helps too, and um, and that speaks to the quality of what you're doing. But also, I think musicians are often in a scarcity mindset where we think oh, there's no yeah. money, and it's like there's all this, there's, a there's lot all this of money. It. It's like it's out there. It's like, like the, and you're not going to get it if you don't ask for it. Right, like the beginning of the book me song. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's always a way to make money in this industry. Um, and that was a bun B sample. Right. You know, right. Like a, a lot of times I just run into something and I'm like, holy shit, I either think like this or this is a great way to think. Let me add that to whatever it is I'm conceptualizing in the song. And it ends up working like that ravenous record was a, a nice. Um, it was a nice concept record that doesn't come off as so in the pocket of a concept you know sometimes concept records can be you can overdo it yeah you know to the point where it's like oh you just want this this um overly thought out cinematic experience which is cool but um i made that a a a personal record that uh, i made it a concept record that reads like a personal narrative yeah and that's that's what I was I was going for with that record, and I think it worked. I think it's it's one of my best selling projects. I believe it's my best to date. Um, but um, a lot of people have said to me, "There's a lot of songs that are like my Bible." You know, I'm I'm living by what you're saying on the on these songs here, and um, like the Prime Yet song. I'm not even in my Prime yet. Yep. Like th- those songs have turned into anthems. Yeah, you know where people are like, I'll see somebody and they're like. Carnage! I ain't even in my prime yet, and I'm like, thank you. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're you're feeling that way because when I was writing that song, I had to get in that mindset, mindset, and mind state. And um, yeah, man, you 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 heard it the right way. It is yeah an internal narrative that I'm speaking out loud, but it's the soundtrack to to artist life. It's, Absolutely, it's, man. It's like this podcast, man. I was listening to the whole thing, and I was like. Every one of these songs could be a podcast episode about the music industry, music business. You know what I mean? Artistry. Yes. It's like that's what we're doing here. And it's like, man, this is going to be a great, great time talking to Carnage, man. Man, I really appreciate you putting that much time into listening to it because it. I really feel like it's a good record. And yeah, it's great. And, uh, like the the song you're talking about when you say uh, the one I say, people ask ask to be on the guest list. Yeah, you know, like I I think that's kind of a sleeper song. Like that song right there was like the 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 point of the record where i said you know what i am going to focus on what my strengths are if 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 uh if i feel like people aren't coming to my shows the way i wish they would mm-hmm. then i'm going to play for the people who are there like they're the only ones that matter right. and that's where the concept results versus numbers comes from and right. uh, it's, it's the impact that you make on the people who are in the place is the most important, not how many people are there. Yeah, don't um, blame the people that are there for the people that didn't come, right? That's, right. that's, that's something that... That sample. Mean, that's another sample yeah. from the record, yeah. Yeah, that, that was from a Netflix special. I can't remember where I got it from, but the guy said it, and I was like, oh, this is yeah. so good. And I grabbed my phone and I record it, you know, and, yeah. and put, these, put these on songs because they, they they help tell that story. They help, you know, they they... Cause I'm rapping, I'm saying all this stuff and all these metaphors and, and all of these patterns and stuff. But what I'm basically saying that I'm taking on an around the block and around the city, you know, um, tour to tell you is those, 
words that are specifically spoken on those movie clips. Right. Everything I'm saying that I'm going around the world to say is said in that sentence. Right. And I mean, I remember up. coming up and hearing that a lot. Like, you never know who's going to be in the room. Always put on a great show, no matter who's in the room. Yep. You know, and when, yep. you know, you talked a little bit on the record about, you know, if you've got 12 people in a city you've never played in, hey, that's great, man. That's a start, you know? Yep. It's like, I'm here to convert a, nine into 15 fans. Yeah, know? right. It's like, it's, it's about that, it's about that grind, that slow build. And that's really like, ultimately, you talk about, blowing up and then fizzling out it's like when you when you grind like that and you slow build like that it's like really you know, fans stick with you. you you end up creating these real loyal fans that will that will buy cds pay for your merch come to your next show or you keep going and you meet a whole bunch of new ones like yeah. for for me i have some some people who i would say have have been around for some years but man i'm on the the this the straight and narrow slow and steady so consistent in a, such a consistent manner that i'm just picking up new people all the time like yeah. I, I in actuality i'm more in demand now than i ever have been hmm. and it's at one point i thought it was the opposite i thought i had reached my peak yeah and i was like okay so this is where i'm at and from here i'm just gonna go boom and then when it didn't go boom I got upset. And then when I realized I was upset, I realized I was being ungrateful and I realized I was being greedy. So I said, what do I have now? I have A, B, C, and D. Let me focus on the strengths that I possess in those A, B, and C, D areas and mm -hmm. cap so I can capitalize on those. And then those are going to be the things that help me springboard into opportunities that make more money and get me in more places because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a living you know no nobody wait I, I don't know too many people who wake up in the morning and, and say i don't want any money yeah. you know that, that's that's not a reality you know what i'm saying like you, right. you you fucking you need money yeah you know what i'm saying so why not get the money you need doing what you love to do and being able to stand strong on the quality of what it is you're giving to the people that you're asking money, asking for money for. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what I'm about. So the, the, the slow and steady is, is where it's at. And I'm, I'm, I'm developing more pockets, different, different pockets of, of, of areas where I haven't necessarily been in the past and capitalizing on different things that are allowing me to get in front of different groups of people like i did it i i performed at a ted talk back in october wow you know like i never thought that that would be a thing that's awesome and i did that and like um in this live album thing is something i'm, I'm exploring a, a little bit more or quite a bit more because i'm doing another live project too um that i actually got a grant <clears throat> excuse me i got a grant um i got a ten thousand dollar grant to do cool. a, a theater show and um, so that's coming up in August, and I have wow. to write. Yeah, I have to write a whole new album for that. So yeah, uh, yeah it's it's gonna be. I'm telling you, man. Like, there's some. Like I said, there's there's some there's some shit on the way. And that's um, awesome. Yeah, this new live project. Other other than the return of the Show Stealer project, um, it's Carnage the Executioner presents Finding Terrell X, hmm. and um, that is another concept record that I'm doing where I'm exploring. Um, what it is to shed 
the forefront character of Carnage to show people who I really am underneath that. Mm-hmm. And and um, Terrell X is what I came up with. And um, it has to do with, it's not the Malcolm X thing necessarily, but it can. Like, the you know, the X represented, the, you know, the lost tribe. Like, he didn't know yep. where his lineage was from, you know. Yep. And I feel like that's a part of, of, of my story too, but it has to do more with um, my government name being Maynard Terrell Woods. Now, Maynard is my dad's name, and I've never had a relationship with him. And Woods is my mom's last name. And my mom wasn't necessarily the most positive force in my life. You've probably heard it in some of my music. Mm-hmm. Terrell is the only name I have that nobody else has. And they've always, everybody's only ever called me Terrell. So yeah. that is, that's the name I like. That's the name I know. And it's the only name nobody ever made fun of, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I was in school, I got a whole lot of shit for the name Maynard. I tell you that. Yeah. Um, so I started thinking one day and I said, what if I took control of my own identity and made myself into who I see myself as? If I were able to do that, I have to shed the pain of the past and come up with my own persona. And if I came up with my own persona, what would I call myself? And I started thinking and I was like, I've always liked names that, that have an X in them. I like the names that have like, you know, an X in the beginning. Yep. And, um, and then I found Xavion and I'm like, oh, I like mm-hmm. that word. I like that name. So I looked it up and um, it was a, a smart spiritual warrior and survivor. And I was like, okay. Yep. So <laughs> Terrell X, Terrell Xavion. So that's what this project is going to be. It's going to be exploring how I get to or how I'm getting to be the Xavion I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on myself to be. And is, is that the grant project? Yes. Okay, because I was going to say, like, this kind of narrative, this kind of, like, self-exploration, self-discovery, you know, history, it's like, that. this seems like the kind of thing that grants are made for, you know, yep. and, and it's like... That's what I wrote That's great. And I, I like to... I talk about grants a little bit on the podcast. We haven't gone too deep on it yet. I just won a grant recently to, oh. to do a, a project for... That, that's the thing that I'm asking you to do uh, May, oh, yeah, May yeah, 30th. Yeah. Um, that's that's a grant-funded thing. And so it's like you know, I think a lot about like how artists that are struggling to make it are missing the boat if they're not really looking deep into those avenues. You know, You know, and, and, and back in the days, I used to feel like grants were a handout. Yeah. I, I, I would say to myself, you know, I'm not asking anybody for anything. I'm willing to work for it. But it's like, I've already worked. I've been yeah. working for years. I, I'll, I'll be 49 years old this year. I put mm-hmm. in my, I put in my work. Now it's time for me to get some of that money that's available for people who have worked as hard as I've worked for all these years yep. to get to the next level, to take it to the next level where, you know, I, I don't, I don't see how I could have done this upcoming project to the magnitude I'm going to do it at without a grant. Right. You know, it's, it's, it wouldn't have happened that way. So yeah, it's, it's really important that we as artists figure out how to go and get this money that, that is available for us. You know, like we don't, it's not like we don't, we don't live in a country where our art is paid for. We don't, we don't have, um, 
let me see, where's that? Is is it in France? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, in where Europe. They have like, yeah, they have like unemployment for artists, and musicians, and stuff. Yeah, they they get healthcare. It's like they we healthcare. Yeah, we we don't have that, and it's bullshit. So it's like, yeah. you know, what what can we do to take it to the next level, and really be able to put out a project that allows us to be compensated for all the hard work we've been doing these years and changing people's lives. And that, that thinking of that project was the way to go. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make it even more of a, of an official thing and actually change my name legally. So wow. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on some other shit, man. I like, yeah. I'm going to change my name to Terrell Xavion. That's the cool. part of the story that people don't necessarily know. So you're, you're getting that. I've, I've, maybe I've mentioned it, but you're getting it exclusive if that nice. means anything. Yeah, but I, I, like I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's like, you know, it's not just a persona, but it is going to be who I am. It is who I'm becoming. And, right. uh, and it's find, finding it. How, do, how did I find it? It, it? Has it been there the whole time? Or did I hit a, hit a run into a, something and maybe go, Poof, all right, I need to change something. That's what this story is going to be about. Mm. man let's that's see what beautiful. happens yeah let's see yeah. what happens so yeah that's going to be a theater show and that's that's happening at the great theater in st cloud on august 17th okay so yep cool that'll be a new record that's and i'm gonna oh i'm gonna record that live and then put that out as a as an album too cool so, the, so then you're then you're getting multiple i mean it's like i've been thinking about this a lot too it's like really maximizing each opportunity and going like all right if i can record this and also release this it's like the frequency with with which we release music at least according to spotify matters now it's like they want more material so if we're able to do that it's like if you're able to put on this live show also record it and release that as an album it's like then you're also releasing material a little more frequently and maybe able to build numbers on streaming which is a difficult task i mean like that's uh well you know what it's kind of bold that i'm doing it like this because i'm hearing i think those streaming platforms don't don't uh don't sit well with live recordings with live yeah, that, there's that too yeah but guess what i'm not the guy who's like begging people to listen to me on spotify i don't promote right. spotify like like you know point zero 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 three eight cents yep. on a on a on a spin like you know if y'all want to stream my music go ahead but i I'm, i don't make that much money off of it i'd rather you buy my physical copies or come to a show and experience me live that's you know if y'all want yeah if if nobody ever spotifies me i ain't tripping because that's right. not that's not where my bread and butter is my bread and butter is the physical the physical material sales and the live show and yeah. so i'm being bold and saying you know to hell with trying to depend on streaming i'm going to do something that you can't even stream you got to come and see me right you know so i I'm not making I'm not making my journey an easy one. I'm not taking the, the easy route. I'm I'm willing to do the work. Yep. I'm willing to do the work and, and I feel like I'm I'm doing work that's quality and it's worthy of what I'm asking, you know, compensation for. Yeah. And so this show you got coming up, speaking of work that's worthy of people's ears, you got April first, is that right? April first? April first. April first at the hook and ladder. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about the show. You got Illism on the show. I know some of yep. the Illism people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're, they're incredible. Uh, Illism. Uh, J, J, uh, does he say? Does he say it? Jamir or Jamir? I think it's Jamir. Yeah, Jamir. Yeah, Jamir. But he's dope. He used to be uh, Jay Holiday. 
And um, and then uh, my DJ, a guy who I work with quite a bit, uh, DJ Piecemeal, is going to be holding everybody's music down. And uh, Louis Blaze is a guy who I've run into lately online who's just kind of tearing shit down as far as like challenging MCs to come with bars. So I was like, let me throw this guy on too. So um, yeah, and and I feel like um, I'm inviting people who are all different enough, but we all know each other and we kind of work with each other. Like all of those guys know each other. When I said, oh, I have so-and-so and they're like, oh, I know who that is. And so it's going to be a nice night of, uh, of like brotherly connection and sisterly too. Cause there, there's some, uh, incredible female talent on, on the bill too. But, yeah. um, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a really live show and, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a live energetic show. So why not record it? And I, I, in Hook and Ladder is the best venue, in my opinion, right now. I, I really like that venue. So um, I thought it was a good idea to do my live album return show there. And it's in a theater, just like the first one. The first one was in the, the Oriental Theater in Colorado. So yeah. now I'm doing the, a, mini, a Minneapolis-based theater. And my other live album is going to be a great theater. So this is going to be, this is a, um, this is, is going to be a, an everlasting occurrence for me. I think yeah. I'm opening up the lane to be able to just put out live albums also in addition to studio albums because I'm doing those too. Yeah. Yeah, the hook's a, a dope spot. I got to play there a couple times before I moved out of town. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the spot, man. It's, it's the spot, and they're, they're, they're doing really good work over there, and, and I'm liking it. Nice. That was the place to do it at. Cool. Well, Carnage, Terrell, thank you, man. Thank I you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and – uh we're going to link all of Carnage the Executioner's stuff in the show notes. So check out the show notes. You can get tickets to the April 1st uh, show there, and uh, and we'll link all of uh, music and websites and socials and all that stuff too. Appreciate it. And, and oh, I want to also add, yeah. y'all, need, y'all need to come to this show because not only are you going to be part of a live album recording, which is going to be released as pretty much exactly the way I, I perform it, there's going to be the video for it too. We're going to figure out how to put the video out too. And I'm going to have some exclusive merchandise that is only at this show, only going to be available at this show. So y'all need to come and see what that is. And and once that stuff is gone, it's gone. You're not going to get it anywhere else. It's strictly at the return of the show stealer show. So come out and get it. All right. All right. That's it. You heard the man go do it. Thanks man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Carnage, the executioner. If you dig the show, please tell a friend. Please like the show and follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps us, and that means that you won't miss any great episodes that happen. We're, we're releasing episodes every Monday. You won't miss any great episodes if you hit the plus sign, you hit follow wherever you listen. We got, we got everything on YouTube as well. And, hey, I developed an app for you if you're a performing musician, if you're somebody who plays shows, if you're somebody who freelances, if you're somebody who's a band leader, I developed an app called Gig Boss, and the app is a way for you to organize your career. It's going to make your life easier. That's the whole point behind the app. It's all born of my own struggles being a full-time musician. It's made to make your life easier, and right now it's free. Go download it. It's on iOS and Android. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. See you at the next one.